Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today with our podcast we are doing with local author Iris Kane. She has written a recent novel, Blood Treason, which is a paranormal suspense novel. Uh, This is her final book in a vampire trilogy, and so um, she is going to begin by just telling us a little bit about the series and about her books, and so I'm going to turn it over to you, Iris. All right. Um, Well, the first book is Blood Tribe, Um, the second book is Blood Trials, and the third book, which just came out in December, is Blood Treason. I initially started writing the books, well, actually over 20 years ago. I was living in Savannah, Georgia at the time, and I was on the back of a motorcycle, driving from Hilton Head Island to Savannah, if I remember correctly. We were driving through the woods, and I saw something up in the trees that looked to me like a cougar. And I freaked out a little bit, even though we were driving 70 miles an hour down the road on a motorcycle, and there's no way anything's going to catch up with us. But then my brain, being my brain and being a writer brain, started thinking, well, what could catch up with us? And for some reason, vampire came to mind, because I love vampires. I love anything paranormal. And so from there, I went home, I started making copious notes, I had little bits and bobs of story parts that just kind of sat in folders for years. And when I wound up being a military spouse in Germany in 2002, I think it was, I had a lot of free time and a computer and not much to do. And I wound up digging through all of my belongings, as one does as a military person, and I came across those notes, and that was it. I sat down, I cranked out Blood Tribe in about nine months. I call it my first baby. After that came Blood Trials and Blood Treason. I also, in the interim, wrote another book, Supernatural Detective Story, called Shadow Hunter. Um, I got pregnant and wrote Eternal Spring, which was very challenging. I don't know if you've ever tried to write anything with baby brain. (laughs) Um, That one took a lot of editing, but in the end, it wound up being a really good story. And most recently, I wrote another book about witches called Sour. So, and those are the ones that I have out right now. Um, So, did you decide to self-publish your books? Mm -hmm. I did. Partially because I did have a contract for Blood Tribe initially. Um, The editor and I did not see eye to eye, and we wound up just parting ways. And, again, I sat on the book for years. Uh, Blood Tribe just came out 2002, I think it was. It's funny because I wrote it before my son was born, and I didn't publish it until after he graduated from high school. But I found out a lot about the indie publishing world and how great it is now for people who are trying to get their art out into the world without having to jump through so many hoops and having to worry about finding an agent and having to worry about what if the book doesn't sell well because they don't market you like you'd want to be marketed. And there's just so many things that could go wrong. With the indie publishing, not only do you have everything in your own hands, you can decide whether or not you just want to publish on Amazon, if you want to do Amazon and Barnes & Noble, if you want to go what they call wide, which basically means you send it to someone like Ingram Spark and they publish you everywhere, and which is what I did. I did the, uh, the Ingram Spark route. And you are in control, and it's wonderful. I love that. I, I don't think I'd change it. How do you feel it's been trying to get your book out there like in our local community, mm-hmm. that we don't have an independent bookstore. How has that yeah. played a part? 
It has so been challenging um, trying to get the word out that I exist. I've been to local events. I've been at events in the Parkway Place Mall. I've done Madison Street Festival. But in addition to local events, I've been on the road. I have driven anywhere from Nashville to a Supernatural event um, for the Supernatural TV show. I don't know if you all know familiar with that. I know a lot of people have watched the shows on for, I think, 15 years. And the stars are going on tour, so I set up a table at a Supernatural event. I went up to Lexington to an event called Scarefest. I went to Knoxville for an event called CreepyCon. I drove all the way up to Boston for the Boston Fan Expo. That was a lot. There were so many people. Um, If you ever had a chance to go to a Fan Expo, if you are a, especially for people that are cosplayers, fantastic. And it's so much fun. And I get to meet people, and even though I'm a bit of an introvert, I have fortunately uh, befriended a lovely young woman named Zoe, who is my extrovert, (laughs) who comes with me to my tables because she reels them in and then I can talk. It's like, okay, they're here. They apparently like books. I can now talk about books. This is great. Uh, Have you done any book signings at any of the bookstores like Barnes & Noble? I have not. But at any events that I'm at, though, I am more than happy to sign books for people. And I usually offer before I put them in the bag, do you want me to sign this for you? Because some people, they don't want their books marked up. Some people really enjoy having the author's signature in it. So it is something that I offer. And I do, if anyone would be interested, I also have a website and people can reach out to me and I can ship autographed books to people as well from the home. Great. So what's next for you? What are you working on next? Um, Next will be, well, the witch book that I wrote was called Sour. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with witchcraft and like some of the beliefs that they have, um, but there's something called the sour jar, which is basically a curse that you put on somebody, right? You put all these sour things in a jar and you put their name in there and it's it's a curse. Um, It's a folklore thing and it played a part in the book. So the sequel, well, it's not really a sequel. Each book is going to be a standalone, but uh, the next book that comes out will be Sweet, which takes place during Valentine's Day. And it has to do with a spell that was put into a box of candy that went a little haywire. (laughs) Um, And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on to it, but that's the gist of it. Okay. And when will that be coming out? That I'm, I'm anticipating that will be out spring of this year. I also am planning on putting out another book. It has to do with the whole multiverse theory. It's about a cop who finds himself in an alternate universe where he runs into himself. And the the cop was adopted as a child and had a very blessed life. And he runs into the alternate personality as to what would have happened if his mother hadn't put him up for adoption. And what can happen to... uh, I mean, you never know. I mean, we're all just one decision away from a completely different life, really. Um, so that I'm really looking forward to finishing that. I've got the guy that sits in the cube next to me. I work at the uh, Missile Defense Agency, and the gentleman that sits next to me, he's he does quantum physics stuff for fun. I am not that person. So I'm going to be discussing with him a little bit more on how to make the, the science of it sound more plausible, because I, I, I don't have that knowledge. But fortunately, I work with people who do. <laughs> So you said that obviously you do have a day job. Mm-hmm. Um, so when do you find time to write? Tell us how, what your writing schedule looks like. Well, I um, usually what winds up happening is I get off from work. I sit down. I let my brain change 
lanes for a little while. Sometimes that involves just checking email. Sometimes it involves scrolling through TikTok. Uh, and after a you know, half hour, 45 minutes or so, I change lanes and my brain has, okay, I'm out of work mode. And I sit down at my laptop and I usually write anywhere from two to three to four hours a night and weekends, depending on what my itinerary looks like. If there's an event, I, I will go to the events. But if I don't have anything, I, I will spend my weekends writing. I love it. You know, some people knit, some people do woodwork, some people have skills with paint. I I write. That's what I do. If nobody read my books, I would still write them. Have you had any interest of reaching out to maybe make your books into a TV series? I know that's kind of getting to be a popular thing with a lot of authors. It is. One of my uh, acquaintances, uh, Georgina Cross, she wrote a book. It's a really good book. Um, her book got picked up by Netflix, and I have to admit, I was just a teeny bit jealous, but she's a wonderful person, so God love her. She, if anyone deserves that kind of blessing, she does. But anyway, the closest thing I've ever had to anything like that, I did have a gentleman come by when I was at the, the Parkway Place Mall, and apparently he was in town from Georgia, and he picked up a copy of Eternal Spring, and he was just like, you know, I've been meaning to do a screenplay on this, you know, give me his card, and I gave him my card, and so that might come of it. You never know. It All it takes is the right person finding your story and falling in love with it. And again, it kind of goes in that whole multiverse theory. It's just that, that one thing that can change your life for the better or the worse. But we'll think it better. Better is always yes. good. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's always good. So um, what made you want to write? It's really funny. I When I was a kid, I basically did the equivalent of fan fiction. That's what they call it now. If I didn't like the way a book ended when I was little, I would sit down with my little line paper and my little stubby pencils and I would write a new ending to it. And that got me into writing. I really liked the idea of fantasy stories when I was a kid. I, my brother and I were the D&D kids of the neighborhood and all his friends came over and we were, you know, fighting brigands and all kinds of crazy stuff. Because I grew up in the woods and my parents gave us wooden swords and we'd go out and kill the pine trees. So I remember being a kid and sitting in um, my little house in Michigan with my brother with the windows open in the middle of summer listening to the whippoorwills and the crickets coming in through the window and I had lined paper and I actually wrote so much that I developed a callus on my middle finger where the pencil rested because I would just crank out page after page after page of stories and it always fascinated me it's something that ideas just seemed to drop into my head I, everyone's like where do you get the story ideas I'm like why I don't understand why other people don't have ideas just falling into their head I don't know where I'll be going on a walk and I'm like oh my goodness unicorns and it just you know that's it that's all it takes and my brain just starts unraveling a story so and like the whole thing with blood tribe the cougar and just taking notes and I love the idea of it starting in world war ii so the book starts in the world war ii era um I love historical fiction. I, I love reading it. I'm not so good at writing it yet, but that is something I would like to get into. And books are my passion. They've always been my passion, and I can't imagine doing anything else. And I love my day job. Don't get me wrong. It's a blessing, but I would love to get to the point where this is my life. That That's what I do to, uh, to survive, to, to live. My books would be my, my moneymaker in my life. So what kind of books do you enjoy reading? Um, I pretty much run the gamut. Um, I, you know, everyone always says I like Stephen King. I do like Stephen King. I love Neil Gaiman. He's one of my favorites. Uh, Terry Pratchett, Ray Bradbury, Anne Rice, Nora Roberts. Um, I'm reading a really good book now called The Price of Knowing about a young man who 
has the ability, he's clairvoyant, and he can see into the future, and he saw his brother passing away, and now he's got to try to figure out what to do to make that. But I had, oh, Kevin Hearn's another good one. He does the uh, Iron Druid Chronicles. He is so funny. If you ever get a chance to listen to those books on audio, the guy that does the acting for that is phenomenal. It is so funny. I mean, the dog talks to him mentally. <laughs> and there's something that's so amusing about the guy having a mental conversation with his dog, and he does it in such a way where it doesn't sound stupid. <laughs> so it's pretty fantastic. Audiobooks are kind of my new thing. I've been listening to a lot of Agatha Christie lately. So you enjoy audiobooks? I, I do enjoy audiobooks. I would love to get my own books on audiobooks, and that is hopefully in the works. I haven't quite decided yet if I want to try to do them myself or if I want to hire that done. Getting it done through a service is a little cost prohibitive. It's because you got to pay for the actors and the production, and I've heard it can cost anywhere from you know several hundred to multiple thousands of dollars for a book. And that's a heck of an investment when you're an indie author. So I'm thinking I might want to do it myself, but that's a challenge I haven't undertaken yet. Everybody gets at the beginning of the year all wrapped up in these reading challenges. Oh, sure. Do you do, you do those? Do you find yourself getting drawn into those? I do. I, I was a little disappointed with the, uh, the number of books I read last year. I only read 22 books. Well, maybe it was 26. It was 26. I read 26 books last year, and I was disappointed with that number. I decided I'm going to shoot for a minimum of 30 this year. But then comes the question, do audiobooks count as books? Now, I think they do. I think that 100%, if you have become familiar with the story, then you have read that book. Now, having said that, you can't say that your child can read because they can listen to an audiobook. <laughs> so... But, you know, as an adult, I think that, that you know, audiobooks count. I love them. I It's my new, one of my new favorite things. You can, as you're driving yeah. and you're in and out, you can, it, it really opens up a whole new avenue. Yeah. And yeah. so, yes. I'm a big fan of podcasts and, and uh, audiobooks when I'm driving, especially when I'm do on the road to some of these events. Always put on a book. And I know they've been out for years. I'm a little late, uh, late to the party on that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little late to the party, too. I like to just, there's something about holding that book and I agree. turning the pages. I agree. And I don't know. I just And I, the smell of libraries and yeah. bookstores and used bookstores. There's just something about the energy of being around books. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Whenever I read a book on a, on a device or mm-hmm. I listen to it, I kind of feel like I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> um. Do you have a favorite book that you read last year that you'd like to share with our audience today? Um, All the Light We Cannot See was a really good one. That one took place, I don't know if anyone who's not familiar with the story, it takes place in World War II. Um, It's about a young, blind French girl who, she winds up having to leave Paris and move in with some relatives, and then there's a challenge of the wars closing in on them at that location, and it has to do with another young man, and how he winds up getting recruited into being a Nazi soldier. And the writer winds up weaving the stories of the two together 
extremely well. But yeah, that was a really good one. Good. Um, what about book clubs? Do you ever go to book clubs and talk to them after they read your books? Have you been invited by I them? have not, but I am absolutely open to that. Open to that. I would love to. Yeah. If you'll just quickly share with our audience how the best way to contact you is, maybe share your uh, website, how sure. they can reach you, that would be great. Um, you can find me online. I have a website. It's Iris Kane. That's K-A-I-N. Uh, dot com. I'm also on pretty much all of the socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. So you self-published through Amazon. Yeah, I started mm-hmm. with Amazon. Shadowhunter was published exclusively through Amazon. I did it initially through Kindle Unlimited because I wanted it to be available to anybody who wanted to get it without really them incurring an extra cost because I figured that would be the best way to get my books out there. Um, Eternal Spring, I did that as well. I held back on publishing the Blood Tribe Trilogy initially because I really loved the series and I have a lot of faith in the series and truth to tell I kind of figured that I would like to make a little bit more money with those if I could Um, and then I found out groups like 20 books to 50k which is a Facebook group and uh, wide for the win is another one that's out there that's a Facebook group and they really help indie authors to learn about the business and I found out that there are some real disadvantages to being in Kindle Unlimited people are borrowing books because they buy them and then they return them. Which, if you don't know, the authors don't get paid when that happens. And it's really heartbreaking when you see your numbers go up and then sometimes they get chipped down. Um, So don't do that, y'all. Pirating books is another awful thing. And so I like the idea of having my books wide. I like the idea of having multiple ways where people can reach me. Not everybody likes to shop with Amazon. Not everyone's a fan of Amazon. Some people are devoted to Books A Million or Barnes & Noble. And I want to give them that option to find me wherever wherever their favorite places. Um, one thing that I've noticed is, of course, as I had a bookstore and then now working at the library, people just automatically think because you're an author, you sell tons of books and mm-hmm. make all of this money. Yeah. And it's not really that way. No, it's not. I was uh, reading somewhere that the average book sells less than 200 copies a year, which is again, heartbreaking as as an author. You hate the idea that, you know, your book is not going to sell more than 200 copies a a year, which is, again, being an independent author, you have to go out and market yourself and you wind up spending money so that your book can get out there where people find you. But yeah, you really don't. It's not like you publish a book and you become instantly famous and everybody knows who you are. Most writers are live in obscurity, which is kind of sad. We're not all the Stephen Kings and the Neil Gaimans out there in the world, but I can say that I put together several thousand words and I made a story. <laughs> and uh, and I love that. I absolutely love that. And people are reading it, which is even better. What age audience do you think your books would be appropriate for? They're definitely intended for adults. Um, they're not romance books in the sense, you know, they're no bodice ripping or anything like that. But there are some adult scenes in all of them. Some of them like Sour is probably, that one I could even qualify possibly as a young adult, but it's definitely adult. I usually try to recommend them to anywhere from you know, 17, 18 on up. Most of my books also have a little bit of uh, violence in them, along with swearing. I was a, I'm was i a veteran, <laughs> and that's a habit I really am struggling <laughs> with, but I, I write like I talk most of the time when I'm not on a podcast. <laughs> 
will. We hope that everyone will join in and listen to this podcast and make sure and check out Iris's books. So I'm excited to read one. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming today. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate anyone who has listened. Thank you. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. 